1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch.
0: Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since two thousand and thirteen, Bombas has donated over one hundred million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
2: On today's podcast, my guest is Adam Richard, returning to discuss the new Marvel movie, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I've always said only the most broken people can be great leaders here on Big Squid. for joining me today for this podcast. Adam Richard is back after being on this week's Chitter Chatter and we are discussing Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, a movie that was in pre-production when the awful news that Chadwick Boseman had died. Uh, It's interesting, it's one of those things where I wonder if people keep that front of mind. Uh, Can you imagine having something prepared and then... Finding out the tragic news that not only someone that you care about and someone that you have a great relationship with has died, but also the fact is whatever you were working on revolved around that person. It's a very difficult thing to reverse engineer. And uh, Ryan Coogler has uh, said, and this was a uh, a direct quote, he was unaware of Bozeman's condition and had begun preparing, imagining and writing words for him to say that were meant to be in the film and we weren't destined to see. I said that was a direct quote. I added a little bit there just so you understood that I was talking about the film. But you get the gist. And uh, with that in mind, this Marvel movie held a very different type of interest for me. Uh, As you are probably aware, I have lost a lot of interest in superhero films in general, uh, to the extent that I would go as far as saying that they make me quite angry. (laughs) I can't believe that this is how I feel about a genre that I loved ever since I was a kid, but they just feel emotionally stunted and they seem to have cookie cutter uh, action scenes and you know I I guess and I've banged on about this before when I was uh, you know like a teenager reading comics I was getting stuff written by Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman and Grant Morrison and Pete Milligan and all of those uh, great UK writers and You know, some of the uh, American writers, uh, early Frank Miller was quite fantastic as well. But, you know, they were doing different things within the medium and it's been frustrating to see as it broadens out and becomes more popular as a medium, less risks are taken. And so... I felt very confident going into this film, uh, mainly because Kugler has a level of class and dignity that I believe comes out in all of his work. And it's interesting uh, that when you listen to this uh, discussion with Adam, I was very much in the minority. Like, the people that I went with, everyone was panicking all the way through the film – I did not. I did not panic at any point. I felt very confident that this was going to be a respectful film, and I thought it was going to approach things in a way where it wasn't taking advantage of the real-life tragedy to tell a story in a very safe medium. And uh, to be honest, I had that confidence completely rewarded. Uh, I don't think this movie is flawless. But I think under the circumstances, it's a pretty outstanding achievement. And even some of the uh, flaws that we talk about with Adam, you know, like, we deliberately recorded the podcast a day later. I didn't want to do a hot take on this film. I explained that a little bit later. And uh, we recorded this 24 hours ago, this chat. And, you know, it's a few days later. And any kind of issues or flaws that I thought that the movie might have in its DNA I just kind of don't give a shit. I think all the positivity around it and uh, all the other decisions that were made, I think they completely and utterly outshine anything that feels like it's a bit clunky or you know the the worst thing that you can say about this film for me is the the introduction of a character that is you know a little bit shoehorned but Once again, they had to change direction very late in the process. And to do that, they had to completely introduce a whole part of the story that was not there. And that is the grief of losing someone. And also, while they're doing that, they're fucking sad. You know, like, I, I think people forget that. Like, you can be a fan and you can complain, oh, they should have recast T'Challa or, you know, they should have done this and they should have done that. Oh, I'm sad. I'm sad. I like that actor. Oh, I'm sad. I like that character. You know what? They were friends with him. They knew him. So not only was that an actor that they liked, not only was that a character that they liked, that was their friend. And I just feel like some of the stuff that I'm reading online... Absolutely fails to take that into account Oh shit, sorry What an idiot I am Of course people online are only thinking about themselves Oh, Hammo Why are you so dumb sometimes? It's always about the individual Not about other people Boo Anyway (laughs) Ah I've got to be honest, it's just great seeing all these fantastic women just be fucking badasses on the big screen as well. That is great. Anyway, uh, before we bring Adam in, when you sign up to Patreon and become a member of the Big Squid community, you have an episode of the podcast dedicated to you, along with access to ad-free podcasts, bonus podcasts, scripts, works in progress, and discounted tickets to live events. Today's shout-out goes to Melissa Melissa Slee. Hi, Mel. Thanks for joining us here. I hope you enjoy this chat with Adam. And uh, if you're a Marvel fan, I hope you enjoy this film. And if you are not necessarily a fan of superhero movies, then maybe this chat will inspire you at some point to check this film out. Maybe at the cinema, maybe at home. But um, yeah, maybe we will uh, entice you. But uh, either way, thank you for being a part of our Patreon. And, you know, shit's about to get nerdy. So strap yourself in. You're about to hear two nerds in their natural habitat. <laughs> uh, if you'd like an episode dedicated to you, as well as access to the bonus Big Squid work, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid. And you can find a tier that suits you. All the money that goes to uh, this podcast gets funneled back into the production. So, thank you to all of you who have signed up over the past year. A quick reminder, also to my Melbourne friends, my new solo show, Little Victories, will be appearing at Comedy Republic on the 26th of November, right in time for you to find a safe place to avoid the state election. Yep, that's right, I haven't performed in Melbourne for years, and I'm performing on the very night that there's a state election, so tickety-boo, what amazing timing. <laughs> my listeners can buy tickets at comedy.com.au. Just head over there, click on my tile, use the promo code podcast, and you will get money off your ticket purchase. Make sure you do that. You're a listener of this podcast. Take advantage of the uh, sweet discount coming this way. Okay, let's get into this chat with Adam Richard. Before we go any further, Warning, there are spoilers all the way through this podcast. Spoilers! Just one more time because, as some of you have stated recently (laughs) on my Patreon, it's really easy to lose focus and miss important parts of a chat. So, in big size 48 fonts, Helvetica, let's make it dramatic. There are spoilers on their way. This is a film about a great nation. It is haunted by the absence of its leader who has succumbed to a terrible disease. And in the process, everyone who's left behind must do what they can to not only pick themselves up, but also find a way to move forward as a nation. But there is a problem. It seems that there is another place out there, somewhere out in the sea, hidden deep down in the depths, not just of the ocean, but also in history as well. And their leader is a strong leader, and their leader wants to make a splash. (laughs) I just thought of that then. I thought I'd throw it in for you. This is a movie about grief. This is a movie about sorrow. This is a movie about looking at the other and finding common ground. And this is about overcoming rage and disappointment and anger to become a leader in your own right. Let's talk now about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We've done uh, Marvel movies in the past and uh, we often uh, record straight after the film but uh, I thought this was a different film. I didn't want to uh, have a... Uh, like a quick take on it. I didn't want to have a hot take. I wanted to sit in this film. I think this is a, a very different Marvel film for uh, incredibly obvious reasons. So to sit on it for 24 hours and, and then have a chat uh, felt like it was uh, showing the movie the respect that it deserves in in the long term because of everything that's gone down with it. I really enjoyed it when I came out of it. And uh, I've thought about it a lot since. Uh, how are you feeling from first watch to this morning?
1: Um, look, I I enjoyed it at the time. And there's still a lot that I liked. Uh, I just... I think there's just a lot of the marvelness that, you know, tends to poison the waters a bit. Mm, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah. I'm not talking about the source material, which no. is, you know also slightly problematic um (laughs) but the yeah just kind of the hang on sorry what do you what do you mean by that do you mean oh like you know just the original black panther was entirely created by white people (laughs) oh sure well but you know at the time it was oh yeah it was groundbreaking groundbreaking and they've since you know kind of changed course and let other voices into the
2: <laughs> into the bullpen. Well, these um, these are very much uh, movies influenced by the run by Taranee Coates and yeah. Christopher Priest and yeah. uh, people like that.
1: Um, but yeah, so it's just you know what it is. I think it's the the whole Riri Williams thing felt kind of shoehorned in to an extent. Yes, like I was like, imagine that was Martin Freeman's character. Like you would have more like you would feel like there was sort of a connection it's like oh, of course they're trying to save him they mm. you know i've got a history with him they joke about him being a colonizer and he's you know he's part of the story from before instead of some new character we need to set up for a tv series in six months time needs yeah. to suddenly be the entire fulcrum of the story and it's like oh, i yeah there was just a there were there are a lot of people sacrificing for someone you barely knew which right. you know sometimes can be a great Beat um, But yeah Also like you know I, I, I thought they could have done the same thing With like Belle's character Like mm-hmm. that was sort of a wasted use of her Like she's one of my favourite actors And she just turned up, pressed some buttons Screamed a bit and then disappeared um, But well, that's that. They're, they're just kind of like They're the things that have kind of impacted My enjoyment of it over time mm. But I still really enjoyed it As a, as a piece of cinema As a, a fun outing kind of thing
2: yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Like, uh, the, the the Marvel side of things were the weakest side. Mm. And uh, the actress who played uh, Riri Williams, who, by the way, is a character who is so brand new, I'm kind of only across her oh, yeah. adjacently, you know. Yeah. She barely um,
1: exists in my on my own. Around. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, uh, I, look, I thought the actress was quite good. Uh, yeah. I thought she did quite. Uh, quite a bit with not a heck of a lot, yeah. and uh, I agree with you. That, to me, while I didn't really have a problem with it, that was the weakest part of the film, and movie yeah. that's quite long. Um, and just because,
1: also- you know, it's the stakes that they're fighting over, and you're like, well, what, what are these stakes? They seem to be, yeah, like, and just, you know, ludicrous kind of leaps of logic of like, how does she not know that the thing she's doing at uni is being used in you know, at the bottom of the ocean has been built by someone, like it just seems very there was some weird, there was some connective tissue that didn't seem to really connect anything. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I kind of give it a, a bit of a pass though, because we know for a fact that the movie had been written and yes. had started pre production when Chadwick Boseman died. Yeah, I think yeah, this yeah. is. In many ways, uh, and I actually mean this as a compliment, but I think this is the Dark Knight Rises of the Marvel Universe in that the story had to change course. No matter Mm -hmm. what uh, the team uh, Nolan says, they had plans for the Joker. They had plans to bring Heath Ledger back or they would have killed him off at the end. And uh, a lot of that story had to change. That was a movie that I think gets underestimated because I think that movie is saturated with grief mm. and it's, it's to me, incredibly present because mm. that character's not mentioned at all and that yeah. leaves a big gaping hole in it, whereas uh, this kind of goes the opposite route. This uh, mm. leans into it, uh, which I quite like. So some of the some of the little things like, you know, Riri Williams, I wonder if there was more with her even if it's a a mandate from above, maybe she got more breathing space when you didn't have to incorporate a new storyline, which is the grief of T'Challa dying and it's the grief of... Chadwick Boseman, Doug. I think a, a lot of people kind of forget. You know, I, this morning I listened to some uh, podcasts and just did a quick bit of reading to see where people were at. Mm. And it's like, does does anyone realise that Ryan Coogler is grieving as well? Yeah. <laughs> when they're when they're criticising it, it's like yeah. they're sad in the real world. Yeah, that was
1: yeah. I mean, look, I think speaking of being sad in the real world, I read. A really interesting um tweet from James Gunn of all People, who was mm-hmm. grieving the loss of Kevin Conroy, yeah, the voice actor in uh the Batman video games and cartoons and a lot of stuff uh and someone had just tweeted off the back of it, yeah. Um, Fucking James Gunn, and then just hashtag restore the Snyderverse and all this kind of stuff. Oh my and God. he's just like really polite. And he said, "Look, I understand some people don't pick up on signals, don't understand things, but uh, this is a message of grief. This is a message of you know I'm upset about something, and I don't think what you've written here is appropriate in the circumstance. Kind of thing. And I'm just like that is." The most polite way to do with someone who's being a complete dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, and I feel like this, you know, there are the the kind of grief moments in this, like the the homage they kind of pay to Chavik Bozeman is is beautiful. Like, you know, mm. the opening credits moment, which is mm. silent. Um the 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 kind of flashbacks at the end were beautiful. Um, sorry if I've spoiled anything
2: for anyone. No, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, I am uh, uh, in in ultimate Nolan fashion. I will record the intro to this later, and I will be saying that there will be spoilers, so yeah, they cool. already know. Um, so yeah, I I I
1: loved all that kind of stuff, and it. But I was. Terrified, like I trusted uh Ryan Coogler as a director to do the right thing, yes, um, but I was terrified that something would happen in the post production that he was probably not in charge of, and someone would stick something terrible in, um that there would be some kind of gross moment that overstepped uh you know the 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 kind of gentle way that they'd approach this, which happens like you know the you know i read that the kenneth browner thor movie they tried to change all his dutch angles to be straight like you know and it's just like this they have this kind of overarching you know mono vision for the marvel things that they kind of end up flattening everything out yes in a terrible way
2: well you know i so i understand your fear but i deep down knew that wasn't going to happen, and you know why? Because how are you going to get away with being a white man imposing your view oh, on yeah. a black man's movie <laughs> yeah. about a black I, man's death? Like, I get that. <laughs> fuck, roll the dice on that one, Kevin Foege. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But it was just a fear. It was a yeah. constant fear of, like...
1: And also I had this other thing, like, and I know this happens with grief just in general, where I kept expecting him to turn up in a briefing, Like you know he'd moved on from the role I'm like no he hasn't like it, it was just like this thing oh are they going to show a, a scene with him I'm like no like like you know it was just a constant narrative in my head like he can't have filmed anything like tell them he was unwell he just you know he passed away and that was the end of that and like so it was just this constant and i feel like that scene with michael b jordan was the was what they would have done if it If he'd just left, or if he'd been let go, or whatever. You know, it was just a weird kind of situation. Like, you're. Because he was so young. um, Yeah, it was a
2: really strange. If there are any therapists listening to this, (laughs) I need to point out. (laughs) <laughs> that the group of people that we saw this with all had the same fear. And I never had this. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying by the way, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. When you guys started talking about that fear, I was genuinely, really? Yeah. I just I just had total trust in Kugler. Like, and I, yeah. I guess I guess I had the my all my focus was on him and the rest of you were worried about Marvel. And I think they are both correct. <laughs> yeah, and, and I
1: guess you know the the Marvel things that were kind of jammed in there were kind of ugly in and of themselves. Um, you know, there's like I a, 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 a weirdly bumped into a friend after we went for a walk um, mm. on on the way to the movies. I bumped into a friend who'd just seen it, and I was like, "How did you?" Jeez, feel they about it? they "Must
2: have been at an eight AM session because this movie goes a long time." Oh
1: no, they'd been on the week like a <laughs> oh, day or two yeah, before. Okay. <laughs> Um, and he, uh, I was like, how did you feel about it? And he was like, "Ah, oh, he, he goes, I enjoyed it mostly, but there's just a whole bunch of things that kind of, I was like, are these unresolved? And I was like, oh yeah, they're probably TV shows that they're going to spin off. Like, you know, I had no idea, but he just felt that there were a couple of things that weren't, and I don't think he goes to see a lot of Marvel things. Right. Um, uh, yeah, but Yeah, it was just like, he was just like, I just didn't understand what, you know, there were a handful of things, but the rest of it, he, you know, he seemed to enjoy. Um, But yeah, I think there are a couple of things where you're like, is that, is that the end of that? Like what, like what, what's going on with this other thing? Like, you know, setting up also the Thunderbolts is a strange situation.
2: (laughs) Well, like, do, do you, I? I didn't mind all the Julia Louis-Dreyfus stuff. Oh, I, I love felt like that's all worked. Uh, yeah. That that didn't bother me. Like I, I wonder uh, once again if that's because we know how Marvel works. Yeah. Like the Riri Williams stuff, and the Iron Heart stuff, felt that that to me felt forced. The yes. I, I wish. But once again, I think we would have gotten more of that. Also, in. just
1: like, you know, having that whole experience with her and then getting to the end, it's like, oh, you can't take the suit. And it's like, okay, so we're going to build a third suit now.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I... I, To be completely honest, but- I thought the movie was great and I think it's the best of the Phase oh. 4 by A Country Mile. Oh, like, yeah, it's is- the best
1: film they've made in a long time. Like, Because yeah. they've been really, like... Really disappointing, and almost like all of the things that I'm complaining about now are like one percent things. Like Angela Bassett, amazing.
2: Oh like, yeah, can we talk about a... Angela Bassett? Like, holy shit! What a spectacular performance! Just it's out of control. Like it's an out of control performance when she like, goes into the got talk tears to the in UN the trailer. Like, yes, when
1: watching her, like, yeah, oh,
2: yeah. The uh, her talking to the UN and yeah. uh, bringing in uh, those captives was. Yeah. Out of control. Yeah. She is just so good. Uh, th- this is, uh, you know, it's a big Marvel film that is, when they see the credits, 10 of the 12 people first mentioned are all women, and all yeah. of those women are amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Just absolutely amazing. Uh, the I, I like the general idea of the storyline hmm. as well. Uh, I liked the introduction of Namor. I thought Namor was fantastic. I thought uh. he was probably more nuanced than he's ever been. I love the idea of tying it into the Aztec culture. Yeah, uh, yeah the minds, yeah. Yeah, the the and the uh, the origin of their story was mm. fantastic. And uh, you know, I thought once again in in the comics he's an anti-hero and you can yeah. see where going forward well maybe sometimes he will be on their side and I can also see when there'll be times when he's not on their side yeah. and that's that's exciting. You know what I did like about that whole thing was having a scene that I feel like has
1: been you know necessarily missing from the whole Black Panther thing which is uh you know they're trying to celebrate this this amazing uh African culture that is more advanced than anyone and yes. you know they're incredible but you know, there's sort of like this undercurrent of all. Well, how did all these other historical wrongs happen with this? These people, yeah. uh, in the middle of Africa, who just didn't do anything about it, like yeah. they kind of let slavery happen around them. Essentially, well, that's
2: the argument of the first film, isn't it? That's yeah. the uh, isolationism, and that's what that's what makes Killmonger such a yeah. uh, compelling villain because you're sitting there a lot of the time going, "Well, he feels kind of right about that." Yeah.
1: So there's all that kind of thing. And then we see actual slavery happening with the people that Namor's people have, you know, gone back to to go, yep. oh, we're going to, I'm going to, you know, the scene with him burying his mom. And it's like, oh, so these cultures have way more in common than we, yes, and we know. They've isolated themselves as well under the ocean and they've gone back and gone, oh, look what's happened to our people. Um, and have a little vengeful strike, and then go back to hiding. Uh, (laughs) So it's kind of a reminder that these two cultures, you know, for all intents and purposes, are, you know, the same. Like, they've both been changed by this, you know, magical MacGuffin, the vibranium. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I kind of liked that. I liked that, you know, seeing two very different cultures, both very outside of the white mainstream that love these films Um, (laughs) yeah, uh, and I thought that was fascinating and it was just a really interesting you know beat to kind of go oh okay we kind of avoided this a bit in the first film but let's let's lean into it you know
2: right Did, Let's did lean they into the horrors? Did they avoid that in the first? Like I feel like I uh, mean, you know, the, it was
1: mentioned but it was like it was you know, it was there were no actual depictions of slavery whereas right. this was like we see slaves being treated yes. abominably. Right. We I see, see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was mentioned but it was like, you know, with film it's like what you show on screen. Like you can talk as much as you like but you know like, when you see something, it's like, whoa, that's a real thing that happened.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I remember a dumbass comedian that we were talking about yesterday, who I reckon is a bit of a cockhead, uh, complaining about Black Panther, saying, am I meant to just like it because it's full of black people? And it's like... Oh, no. Who would no, say that? Well, that cockhead that we were talking about yesterday. But, <laughs> but it was like... we talked no, about you, so many cockheads. No, no, no. It was a very specific one at the start of the morning. Oh, that one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the, the fact is that uh, you, you're not meant to like it because it's full of black people. You're meant to mm-hmm. like it because it's, it's showing you a completely different way of. I'm
1: Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
2: storytelling mm. and telling a completely different story and they do it well. That's that's why you like it. It's not yeah. it's not being woke. It was really well done and it was an insight into uh, a culture that, for the most part, is dealt with it, flippantly and on the surface. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I, I thought a lot of the stuff, what I was really impressed with this film is I thought all the all the stuff about T'Challa was in the story earned and, mm uh every beat made sense every beat uh, n- nothing was squeezed for just emotional manipulation it was yeah it, in in some ways it's a tough watch because the film is saturated with yeah. grief and and sadness you know um and then right at the end when you go on this uh i think a really interesting journey with the character of shuri and mm. the fact that she comes face to face when she goes into the uh, into the world of the ancestors and comes face to face with Killmonger, I yeah. was like, shit, this is fucking a level up. This is yeah. I-, I had no idea that was coming either, and it was electric, and it was great for her when she returns. So then, when you get that final battle, and because you spend so much time with Namor's people, it it means when she's flashing on all the similarities between the two cultures and chooses peace in that moment. Once again, like, we know she's going to choose that because we know how stories work, but they earned it. And so I was was into it.
1: Also, there was, you know, because she'd seen Killmonger, there was, like, a a fear that, oh, is she going to make the wrong choice? And it was just one of those moments I'm like... Oh no, we're too far into the film. The wrong choice would mean a whole other film to come.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And and a redemption film. Or, you know, you know, does she sacrifice herself after making the wrong choice? Like, you know, there's it wasn't I I was I was it was one of those moments of like, I hope she will, I fear she won't, kind of thing. Yeah. Where which is good. I was Yeah, which I think is great storytelling where it's like oh, you've given us a situation where she could do something terrible. Like, yeah. she could actually, you know, do something awful. And and also just like the... I, I love that, you know, it's a big story on a big scale. And yeah. it's, you know, sometimes they do these big stories on a big scale and it's just a couple of people sitting in a room talking about the big scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you get um, a lot of big stuff happening that's done in CGI and you're just like, I don't have any kind of connection to this. Yeah. But you know, talking about, oh, if you kill him, then we're gonna be at war forever. Yes. Like this will just be an ongoing war. Like think twice before you do what you what you think you should do. Yes, he killed our queen, but you know, like vengeance is just gonna turn into war. Like that's yeah, it was like, I kind of loved that. And also showing so many innocent people on both sides uh, and those people who would be caught up in a war. And you're like, Bleh. Also because, yeah. you know, I'm sure this was not intended, but, you know, we're now in a state of war. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're seeing that kind of thing frequently on the telly. So, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, well, yeah, maybe maybe making those decisions is the wrong like you can make a wrong decision there yeah Um and yeah it was i i i kind of loved that part of it like um but yeah i <laughs> i did get a bit frustrated at the end with you know one thing that drives me crazy with marvel movies is like i get that you have a full face costume because it's easier to computer animate right <laughs> than, than having a human face yeah, but why do they all peel off at the moment? Someone has to have a chat. Like, just leave it on sometimes. Like, oh just- yeah,
2: like that's a, that's been that's been my uh, frustration with pretty much every superhero movie because, yeah. it, like, going right back where you know how many people should know that Tobey Maguire was Spider Man. Like, oh, yeah. he was taking his mask off at the top of buildings when there were quite clearly other buildings around that were much higher. Yeah, and it's uh, you know it's. So you can get those uh, emotive moments, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, that drives me a bit insane. And you know, it's like once again, too much CGI at the end. I bang on oh, about yeah, this, yeah. but you know, it's like I, like the the Marvel movie that I've enjoyed the most in this phase up until this one was hmm. uh, Shang Chi, and yeah. um, my, but but the, the problem is, is that he f- he flies the luck dragon at the end, yeah, and it's like he's the master of kung fu. Yeah, do kung fu. Do like, kung fu. Are, are people not going to be excited? Like, like I, I say this. Uh, I ask this legitimately. Are people not going to be excited by a twenty-five minute, beautifully choreographed fight scene with real people getting hit?
1: Yeah, and one of the the you know the veterans of Hong Kong cinema who yeah. can play that better than he can probably play being attacked by a giant track.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's you know, it's uh I, I think that's the difference between, you know, Logan, which was great, yeah. and the Wolverine, which was almost great, was and the difference was he goes up it, like that last part the of the giant, film should have been
1: stupid samurai business. Yeah. It
2: should have been him for 25 minutes fighting 100 ninjas in the snow. Yeah. And that,
1: if you're going to have bring in the silver samurai, just a normal sized one. Just, in a, a suit.
2: just just in a just in a normal suit. It'll yeah. be great. We don't, and, need, we don't need Voltron, the no, Super Samurai. Like it was out of control. <laughs> but, you know, like uh, you, you look at uh, uh, Dana Guerrero. Is that how you pronounce her name? Dana Guerrero. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, the best scene, uh, like the best action scene in the movie is when she goes up. It, it's, it's her Batman Bane moment when she goes up against Atuma. And yeah. that is like she is out of control. Like, yes. she is so good. She's great. Let her cook. Uh,
1: even that, that cute scene at the start with Michaela Cole and her little knives. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's some great scenes and uh, uh, and Yongo turning up because I was like, oh, she's not in it. And I thought she was in it. Oh, well, that's sad. Just, I was
2: getting very upset for a moment because it was <laughs> taking a long time to get to her. And I love her so much. <laughs>
1: Um, and that little reveal of her in the mid credit sequence was kind of cute. Um, oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was yeah, it was really that was. I think that was the emotional moment I felt like I almost had a few times during the film. But you know, every time I felt like I was getting close to feeling like something, it would kind of be pulled away by, you know. Some weird Iron Man lady. Um you know, terrible suit designs. Um <laughs> and uh but yeah, that moment was just like, oh, okay, I'm gonna tip now. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think I think uh Ludwig G- Gorensen's music was amazing, like yes. the most inspired music I've heard in a Marvel movie for a long time. Because are you know. For about the first ten of their films, the music is just like it could be anything.
2: Like, oh, it's dire. Yeah, it's just yeah. ordinary. Yeah,
1: um, like I think Alan Silvestri's Avengers is the first time any like there's even an attempt at doing some sort of theme. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and but yeah. the music in this is
2: fantastic, oh, yeah. and once again, never, never, uh, overpowering. Always no. in in um. In conversation with the cinematography, yeah. uh, which I thought was once again, it, you know, it's a shame that the Marvel way of getting CGI done, which is as quickly as possible, yeah, lets and down and cheaply, <laughs> which lets down some quite beautiful cinematography in this film. Yeah. as Yeah, well. yeah,
1: I yeah, it's. I mean, you just need to look at like say uh, like looking at the Batman, um, which. The, you know, Academy Award-winning cinematographer on that uh, mm. was talking about how he used the, you know, that thing they call the volume, that virtual cinema thing, yep. where they act in front of screens. Like, he's he, he said, I just use it occasionally, very sparingly. But, like, you know, when they're on top of the building and having a chat, he's like, you have to... That takes, like, four weeks to film because sunset lasts a very short amount of time. But when you've got, like, a... You can have a CGI sunset. It's like, cool, we can be here all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a studio, it's fine. People think it's outside. Yeah. Um whereas Marvel tend to do everything on a green screen. Yeah. And think they can comp it in later. And yeah, that can be a little frustrating.
2: Yeah, I think that's what uh adds to this um this flatness. That yeah. You get in in a in a lot of these films. And um, which is Which is a bummer, especially with uh, all the beautiful colours in this film and uh, Mm. the beautiful costumes and, uh, you know, you do get glimpses of it when it's just allowed to be shot. Yeah,
1: and that's another thing I found weird was, so, again, this is the weird Marvelness uh, of the overarching many film and, you know, the Marvel Universe impinging on this film, which is that, obviously, the production designer has done an amazing job with... um, the world of Wakanda yeah. Yeah. and the, you know, the various costumes and everything. And it felt like the, the Iron Heart thing was not, like it felt jammed in even visually. It was like visually right. discordant to everything. It's like, you've built this in Wakanda. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you're hammering out a piece of metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shouldn't this be as elegant and as uh in tune with nature as the rest of the film, like just that glorious—you th- know—their mechanism they use to open the the big gates, which is to beat some drums into a puddle of water, and I'm like, yeah, I don't even know how that works, but I love it. It looks yeah. incredible, yeah. Um, and you know, everything feels organic and kind of, you know, harmonious. And then, it's like, I just got the impression, like, that that whoever was the con- the production designer on this was had that costume imposed on them it just felt right. like discordant with the the how beautiful the rest of the film is if that makes sense
2: yeah yeah no th- that, and that's why you know that part of the story e- even though that actress is good and i think she has really good rapport mm. with uh, all of the other actors in the film yeah. that that bit is once again, it's it's the it's the one part that you like. Well, this is a long film. You've done a pretty good job of not imposing too mm-hmm. much Marvel on it. Like, well, oh, I there's liked... no
1: end credit sequence. Like, it's there's right. no teaser to another movie. Like, it, it yeah. just ends when it ends. Like, it's
2: yeah. Well, the rumor was that the Lake Bell part was meant to be larger, and right, and you were going to get an after credit scene where she was working for someone else and she was going to be reporting uh, back to that person and that person was trying to manipulate these two uh uh places to go to war against each other. Right. And that person was I think the implication was going to be Doctor Doom in that area. Right. Lotharia. So who knows if that was the initial idea. Uh, mm. you know, that they were working towards. Like, once again, so much of... And and, and this is why I kind of give some of these uh, uh, criticisms a, a, a pass because they were changing things on the fly and having oh, yeah. to put extra stuff in. But, uh, you know, that's quite clearly a battle between Black Panther and Namor at the end. Yeah. And, and Shuri has a, a very... Maybe she does have a, a an aggressive arc, but it's, you know... It, comes to a conclusion in a in a different way. There's yeah, it it would be interesting to know uh, where it went. But once again, I just I don't know. I just kind of felt like everything was earned. I also getting back to Julia Louis Dreyfus, uh, there was I was glad that it turned out she was being manipulative the whole time mm-hmm. because one of my um, criticisms with these films is often someone acts out of character and you go, Well, you're meant to be this master plan, or oh, you're meant yeah. to be this master at this or master at that. And then you've just done something to move the storyline along. But yeah. this time it was like, nope. She was on top of it. Yeah. And she was taking advantage of the situation.
1: And she was really funny. Like really funny. And you know, and that's another thing. Like uh I know one of our compatriots uh was excited that this wasn't full of quips. Like it mm. wasn't, you know, which I think maybe they'd overused them a bit in the last Thor movie and were like,
2: yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Doctor Strange, I felt like that thing was oh, chock that's... full of the quips as well. And, yeah. uh, you know, once again, uh, you know, the Spider Man movie, and you know, it's right at the end, and, uh, you know, uh, still feels a bit strange. It's like, that. why is this happening? Why is this yeah. line happening here?
1: Yeah, whereas, I mean, Kugler kind of didn't let many through in the first Black Panther. So, Mm -hmm. I was, yeah, I was kind of confident that we wouldn't be seeing many. Also, I love that, you know, he wrote this film as well as directed it. Like, it was, you know, for the most part, it was his creation. Um, And, yeah, and I do like that rather than it being uh, just avoiding grief, it has just kind of leaned into it. And yeah. some great, great performances from many great actors in in playing those scenes, which was, yeah, and because you were a whole nation of people grieving, it's like,
2: oh yeah, yeah, and and trying to celebrate it. I like, um, you know, they 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 don't go out of their way to explain what's happened. Something no. he's he's gotten something wrong with him. Shuri yeah. tries to save him. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's okay let's yeah. uh now let's explore that and uh you know the uh the the scene uh, also um once again as soon as we got to that after credit scene i was like oh that's right angela bassett was just about to tell shuri that the queen yeah. was about to tell shuri you know you have a nephew before yeah. and didn't get the opportunity so when you know uh when Tucson is saying ah oh, uh hey we um uh you know you have a nephew oh Yes, the Queen did know. And she was about to tell her. So mm. and that Jesus shit. That fucking kid. Oh, it's so oh. cute. <laughs> it was out of control how oh cute my he God. was.
1: He was adorable. I you know another thing I loved was the the funeral ritual? Like just a really beautiful and for a movie that yes goes for too long and there are many scenes that I'm like I could lose at least half an hour but I did not want to lose a single second of that very long funeral ritual because it was beautiful. Like everyone's in white. Like I'm like, what a great choice. Like to kind of, it felt celebratory. It was amazing. And then you have it again kind of echoed later on and you're like, oh, they would have done all that again.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, I, I forget where I uh, read this or heard this because I said I just was curious to just check in on a few podcasts that I mm. like and read a few reviews. Nothing major. I just wanted to run my eyes over them, but I, so I forget where this came from. But someone said that uh, this family is now the Kennedys. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh my god, they really are, aren't they? They've lost the dad. They've lost the. The 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 son they've lost the yeah. mother now and yeah. now it's just Shuri. Um, one quick thing to finish off on, just because mm-hmm. this is more nerdy, and uh, as I said, I really I, I took a lot from the film, and uh, you know, like I think it is a bit of a, um, uh, I, I think it is a bit of a tricky watch because you are bringing real world into mm-hmm. this made up world, and then this made up world, uh, you know, discusses that. In, in a very respectful and earned way. But um, what's fascinating to me is that we all got out and we all discussed uh, the film and uh, the bits mm. that we liked and the bits that maybe we were you know, worried about and blah, blah, blah. There's a point where Namor just says that he's a mutant. And yeah. uh, what I really like about this is that... None of us even thought to bring it up. Like it wasn't until about eight yeah. thirty, nine o'clock last night when I was pottering about the house that I was like, oh, that's interesting. No one mentioned that.
1: Oh, I'm just glad we didn't see it at one of those stupid screenings with lots of Marvel bros because there, oh there would have been a raucous cheer at yes! that moment. Yes! 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 Mutant! Yes! X-Men! Oh! Oh, and then it world. would have been hubbub, hubbub, hubbub and I would have yeah. wanted to stab somebody. So, yeah.
2: I'm glad you chose a relatively quiet cinema for us to go and see. It. <laughs> Mate, like there was a there was a particular reason that I looked. Uh, I saw the time, and then I. Yeah. Uh, w- looked through the sessions and I went, there's not many people at that session. That's the one we're going to. But yeah. uh, uh, it'll be, uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, when they bring uh, mutants into the Marvel Universe. Is yeah. it, uh, are they all the bastard children of Namor who's been around since? <laughs> Was he going up up under the land and just uh, getting it on? Or, uh,
1: He's got a very, very stacked... Uh bathing suit so there's a lot to impart
2: (laughs) well you know he's a good-looking cat and uh no cgi (laughs) needed there like thank goodness this wasn't in 3d
1: can i tell you one thing that really (laughs) drove me crazy (laughs) was the the subtitles were weirdly inconsistent Like, just... Like, at one point, they were unreadable because they'd fallen off the bottom of the screen. Oh, yes. Um, yes. They were kind of moving around all over the place. Like,
2: sometimes the fonts were different. I was like,
1: what is going on here?
2: (laughs) Well, well, the fonts were different when it was his language and... Oh, I got that. That part of it. But, like... Different sizes,
1: That was was just the colours of them. Like, they were just using different colours. But one time, it was a completely different font. And I'm like, what is this now?
2: Like... (laughs) Like I'm that is, a- <laughs> that's that's the Marvel machine. Hey, we've got to get this out. Yeah, but that's Helvetica, and we've had Ariel for most yeah. of the film. No one will notice. Ha, are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, the I, the I one that noticed. drew the the one that drove me nuts was the one where the credit was mildly off the screen, and it was like I thought you. Know, so I initially thought that my posture had fucked off, and I'd slipped yeah, down I into my seat. So I sat up
1: and was like, "I know no, no. it's being projected onto the carpet on the bottom of." <laughs> that's so weird that like is it's, so weird like there's a yeah it was just and just they kind of you know they were in a set space like it's, it's just a weird design choice um yeah it i i just i found it very strange yeah
2: <laughs> yeah what a. what a. Bizarre uh, choice. But anyway, the uh, the, the movie, uh, like, as I said, I think it's the best of, by far of the latest phase. Um, once again, at least it has something to say, mm-hmm. which is uh, Which is more interesting. than you
1: can say for a lot of those films.
2: Ah, oh, like so many of those. Like, you know, having having come out of the concussion protocols after seeing Black Adam, which is about <laughs> a, a, a ruler coming back to a kingdom that has been <laughs> run into the ground, and it's like like... Black Adam is the anti Black Panther. That's what they should have called it. We're just going to take some of these ideas and kind of touch on them. Have but you
1: podcasted about the the Black Adam or No,
2: I can't be fucked. Like I just <laughs> like I was so tired <laughs> afterward. I just I just drop it into other podcasts. Like, a, these are my little Hamo Easter eggs of Hammo
1: Easter eggs. <laughs> and
2: I let I let the listeners just piece it together on their own. And they go, oh, yeah, no, nah, he hated it because we were met, we were meant to podcast about it. And oh, then, I couldn't do it to you. And then you said,
1: like, I was coming back from uh, Melbourne on a flight, and I was like, oh, I can just go straight to the cinema and watch. It, and we can
2: talk after, it. and you were like, don't do it, don't. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> But you're you're saying that quickly. But I was so concussed that took me an hour to write that text message, and it was like six words. I hated it so much. Um, it's, it's too noisy, and I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I'm like exhausted. Um, is uh, who who was the uh, uh, who was the uh, winner of the film for you? Was there a, oh. anyone who stood out? Like I loved everyone. Yeah.
1: Um, like, I think everyone's great in it, uh, but... I think
2: Letitia Wright, you know.
1: She's really good. Uh, yeah. you know, for leading a film that she was not meant to lead, yeah. um, realistically. Uh, but I just... Look, Angela Bassett is just... Mate. I, like, I know <laughs> she's only in, like, a third of the movie, but just <laughs> every scene is electric, like...
2: A third of the is still over an hour. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> But just, yeah, like you say,
1: that scene at the UN, that scene where she's furious about Cherie being taken, like... Oh, yeah. Just as, like, you're fired. Yeah. Yeah. She's just... You're just, like... And just that moment of, like, I've lost so much. How can you let this happen? Like, just that... Like, it was a palpable moment of grief. Like, you know, she'd kind of been performative in her grief at the UN, but that Mm. was a moment where you just felt like... Oh, no, she has had a lot taken from her Yeah, lately. Like this, I can understand her just totally wanted to get rid of... Yeah, that was amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think she is outstanding and uh, it is a powerhouse performance that, yeah. um, you know, at the start when she comes in and she's saying, you know, that your king is gone, you go... Yeah, you are 100% feeling this. Uh, I, th- I think, uh, do you pronounce his name Tenoch? Is that how you pronounce the actor who plays Namor? Tenoch Huata Magia? I, I have I think, no idea. I think he's fantastic. I'd never seen him before, but I think no, he's chock really full good. of the charisma. Yeah. And um, and then just from a personal point of view, Lupita Nyong'o could just sit on a movie screen for half an hour oh. reading a book and I'd give her all the points. So. She's so compelling.
1: Like, yeah. Just you know, that's that's one of the. I didn't love us as a film, but I thought she was just completely yeah,
2: yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, more of her, please. So, all yeah. right. Well, I should uh, let you go. I said we'd do a brief chat, and I to, you know what? For us, this is brief. This is brief. This is yeah. This is very short for us. <laughs> yeah, we've done, we've done extremely well. So, uh, but I would uh, I would recommend seeing this movie at the cinema, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It? It's a big screen yeah. movie. It is a fun uh, two and a half hours, um, and the, you know, I know I complained about some things in it, but they're they're minor quibbles. Yeah, like yeah. and and me complaining about them now might make you when you see it go,
2: "What was Adam whinging about?" I, I'm actually enjoying this a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I look, any any uh, negativity I have towards the film are extremely minor. I walked hmm. out of it uh, very. Uh, happy, and uh, once again, I just think it's probably the... It's definitively the best film in Phase 4, and um, you know, who knows if Kugel will come back. He says he's put everything he had into this, and that would have been his personal grief, so if this is his swan song, he I think he's gone out on top.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see what he does next. Like, I feel like, you know, he's... Mm -hmm. Deep in franchise world, yeah. like for four films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to see him, you know, get out and do his own thing now. Like, yeah,
2: absolutely. To you go, you, you've you've done you've done Creed, you've done two Black Panther films. Now it's time mm. to go and make your Inception or yeah. Dunkirk or, who knows or whatever. What? Who yeah. knows? But it's uh, some something uh, that's completely his. Uh, yeah. I'm very excited to see that. Uh Where can people find you, Adam? Uh, Adam Richard has a theory
1: daily podcast about Doctor Who, uh, and you know my bizarre Mariah Carey podcast. <laughs> Me, I am a memoir: the meaning of the meaning of Mariah Carey. <laughs>
2: no, never. I uh, to be completely honest, everyone knows where they can find you. I just like hearing you say that title every time <laughs> you're on the podcast. So,
1: and you know, I'm on the Twitter and the what's the new one? The masturbate?
2: No, Mastodon. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's your own uh, social media. <laughs> And you're on Chitter Chatter every uh, second Monday, which is going great. So, it was Murder Bird this week. Murder Bird! (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll let you go. Thanks, Adam. All right, cheers, bye-bye. Thank you to Adam for joining me on the podcast today. Things were a little bit crazy this week. Uh, I've got a little bit going on, nothing bad, just kind of covering for some people in work situations and, uh, yeah, just trying to help out with that. So, uh, what I'm doing is I'm pushing our next Space Podacy with Ben Irwood back to next week. That was meant to come out this week. Uh, That is the movie 1984. So, that'll come out next week with a new Chitter Chatter. I'm also on the latest FOFOP with Will Anderson. Uh, Will brought up that somehow I predicted something, Uh, quite a few years ago that I have no memory of. So that is a fun chat. There's a little bit more Black Panther talk there as well. That is actually uh, some first thoughts that were recorded after I just came out of the cinema. So if you want to hear me giving a little hot take, nothing much has changed. I'm probably just a little bit more Full of the energy as I'm talking about it. Remember at BigSquidPod.com you can find my blog Dispatches from the Fury Road and the latest beautiful tales for the Disenchanted short story Living in the Shadow of Your Song. If you'd like to support our work here you can either sign up for the Patreon or please leave us a top review at Apple Podcasts. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I hope it's not too dramatic or too exciting. I hope it's like just the right amount of exciting. Just, oh, What a fun week. Not anything more than that. Let's finish today with a quote from Ryan Coogler. Something impacts me emotionally. Art is a kind of outlet, and I figure it's the same for a lot of artists. The way my mind deals with things is cinematic. Until then.